Welcome back to Locking Down Life. Today we are going to talk about mental health and how it affects people. Joining me today about this topic, I have my partner Jack and Joe with me. So the first question is, how does depression affect you? Once you've got it, you've got to really go and see the GP to try and um, understand it a bit more. You can get self-help books and things like that, but your best bet is to speak to your GP about it. Yeah. What about you, Jack? Um, it, it affects people in different ways. Um, some people don't know that they're experiencing it without the advice from a GP or someone else, like a family friend, but... Um, it affects me um, in multiple different ways you know for example it can make you tired before you know before you've even woke up mm. you know getting to work um, and you could be shattered already um, you know you, you know yourself that you want to work harder but you can't um, just day-to-day things like motivation to do anything like want to go for a bike ride no I don't really want to you want to go shopping no I don't want to you feel you, like you've got you, push yeah, yourself. Mm. You just want to stay in and, and stay away from the world, basically. Yeah. With um, anxiety, how do you, do you get any triggers? Triggers with anxiety? Um, I did. Um, it can be anything to do with uh, health. Yep. Um, because m- most of my anxiety comes from... Uh, what's called health anxiety so for example if I'm watching something on TV and it is a for example it's about cancer um, my body starts already thinking what if I've got it what if I've got it even though it's got nothing to do with me mm. I'm already thinking oh it's, it's I've got it I've got it's it it's called overanalyzing yeah. really isn't it I mean if you get a headache you think it's worse than what a headache would be you think you've got the worst scenario of the illness when in fact it's just that could be just a headache yeah but it, yeah it's, it is good idea to get things checked out and they do offer courses and things like that to help people to understand the illness yeah have you both got any stigmas at all the stigmas with everything i think you get stigma all the time because people tend to shy away from you because they feel as though um they you might be very depressed and they feel they might take it home with them as it were but it's an individual thing a lot of people will suffer with things in their lives whether it be a healthy other health issues and things like that and i think we should all be a bit more understanding when it comes to depression because it's a hidden illness yeah and obviously mm-hmm. the problem um with the stigma of depression and anxiety is the fact that it's seen that men are not allowed to suffer from something like this. They are the breadwinners. Um, they need to go out and work hard. Um, they're not allowed to show true emotion. Um, they've never have been allowed. And that's an awful stigma that's against it. Men are human. No matter what, you know, things go wrong. Things are not perfect in life, especially with lockdown, for example. Like, you know, that, you know, passing a driving test, um, getting a job, you know, you, no matter who you are, you're still a human. You both, ha- you know, no matter what, the same yeah, no matter what your mm. sex is, it's yeah. it's natural to be upset when something, you know, 
doesn't go in your favour. I'm, I'm, you know, if you need to cry, you need to cry. And I think, you yeah. know, if a man cries, it shouldn't be seen as any different. Well, it shouldn't be seen mm. as a weakness anyway. No. Um, and that's why you see a lot of adverts on the TV now saying, you know, speak, speak about it. Because going back some time, you know, it was a bit taboo. We'd, nobody spoke about it. Um, you were seen and classed as something completely different to which now it's becoming a bit more acceptable, which is great on our part that we don't have to suffer in silence. Yeah. Um, so here's just some information. So one in four people experience mental health issues. Yeah. And only one in eight adults need any kind of treatments. Yeah. And um, so that's what I just kind of... Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't occur, surprise but... me and it you know like i said before you know a lot of you know what i was looking at the other day with the stats and everything and similar to to your stats that you've got there is that the majority is um women you know that are seeking help mm. and it, the majority is men not seeking help and I'm, yeah, and I that's think... probably why it's a big issue with you know men needing to start you know yeah talking about it and, and speak up and not think that mm. they're on their own. I think it's, it, you know, a lot of women, um, obviously, if they've had um, postnatal depression after having a baby, it's kind of clear mark that a woman might go through those changes anyway, which they don't think the, the bloke would go through the same, yeah. which is unfair mm. because it's a big deal on a man to be able to bring up a child. It's not easy. Um, and, you know, if they're... If they're sort of suffering um, and trying to be supportive to, to the wife, they can be forgotten. And it's, it's very sad because, you know, at the end of the day, we all have feelings. Yeah. And, you know, we have to help each other. Yeah, obviously, yeah. you know, obviously you can understand why a lot of the limelight, if you like, I'm not going to go limelight with obviously it being a sensitive matter, but that, for example, uh, goes to the woman because she was the one that was either carrying the baby or has mm. lost the baby for example yeah. um but you know the male's lost it as well he's just not the one that's carrying it yeah um but at the end of the day he you know you've both got to come up with the idea that you want a child yeah. and you know it's emotional it's an emotional roller coaster for for both well i think you'll find mm. with with women if you know i mean Obviously, I'm speaking on behalf of myself here after having like two miscarriages. I did kind of think to myself as though I'd, I'd done something wrong. Mm. When in fact, you shouldn't blame yourself. It's no. just the genetics of having a baby. But it's the way that I was treated in the sense of it's it's like a lottery love, you know. And I didn't like that feeling, you know, as though like I wasn't lucky. Yeah. And that's what I came away with, that I wasn't lucky. Yeah. To which then that makes the depression worse because you then start thinking, what did I ever do wrong? Yeah, you start blaming yourself yeah. for it. And, and you know, scientifically and anatomical, you know, looking at it from um, both, both ways, mm. there's so many factors in making a baby that you won't know about. You think it's not as easy, you know, as, as what people, you know, look at it at. And unfortunately, you know, it does happen. Um, you know, some people are more unlucky than others. Um, you know, but you, you're not alone. No. You know, speak out about, you know, don't be afraid 
you know, to talk about it, you know, family and members, you know, we know people who, who have gone through, you know, similar things. And, you know, as, as humans, even if we have no sort of connection to it, for example, you know, someone who may not have ever even been through the process of, of having a child or, or losing a child, you know, you can still talk to them because it's like taking a weight off your shoulders. But one thing for sure is it don't, think that it's your fault um it's easy obviously said you know easier said than done and like you said you know you know losing a child it's like losing something that you don't mm. you know that you yeah, don't that i didn't deserve yeah and um, you've lost yeah. something that you've had and carried for a yeah. little while yeah and it's like it's almost like losing an arm you know you've it doesn't feel right but you've got to somehow deal with deal it with it and mm. and then like you know you try again and then you're not successful again and you start thinking again in that process yeah. i'm not mm. lucky um you know and and for all the women out there that you know go through this more times than i've ever gone through with stillbirths and things like that, you can totally understand why these women feel the way they feel and i think with depression anyway i think it's quite sad really because until you've actually experienced depression it's very hard to explain to an individual that don't understand yeah definitely yeah yeah so going back to questions when you're taking your tablets how does it make you feel uh well when i first started taking uh, my tablets i had um, a bad experience to which made me more frightened to take yeah. the tablets uh because they have to get you on the right medication for you mm. to which you are scared to take the next one if the first one's been a bad one um i know most people tend to take their tablets in the morning but i was memory wise i always used to think if i take it at night and any bad effects i'm going to feel at least i might get to sleep through it and then the yeah. next morning yeah. i'll be fine that was my you know way of coping really because it was a way of if I felt really rough, my children didn't see me. I was in bed, and and mm. you know and all right. There were were times where I'd wake up in the night and fret, you know, make sure that the kids were fine and and what have you, and I wouldn't sleep properly. And then the next day I'd be quite tired, and you know I I everyone deals with things in different ways, so it's very hard to pinpoint one thing you know the with with that really um i think with jack's situation and his uh, health worries and and things like that with me having depression myself it was very hard to try and coax him out of his yeah. situation yeah what about you um when i first um was experienced any type of um like stress or anything like that um, which obviously caused me to have the anxiety, panic attacks, etc. Um, I first went on um, a course, a CBT course, um, which they said, you know, we, you know, at your age, we don't ideally want to put you on tablets. Um, but I think at the end of it, you know, I feel like I needed some sort of support. But um, at first, it made me feel very guilty i don't know why um maybe because i'm i'm taking time off someone else who's probably more you know worse off than me um and i i felt um pathetic that at my age i'm taking tablets already 
for something and I should just get over myself. But, you know, again, you know, we've said something before about tablets. You know, if you've got an illness, no matter what it is, you've got to take take medication, whether it be how I looked at it is like if I had epilepsy, I'd have to take a tablet. So what's the difference? I'm taking a tablet to correct something, you know, a chemical in my brain that causes this problem. So if by taking a tablet every day is going to get me up in the morning and get me to work and be like normal people and get on with my life, mm. then I'm going to take it. Definitely. Yeah. Have you ever experienced any panic attacks? And how would you describe it to us? Right. Well, I've had several panic attacks. Um and the thought of not wanting to go out of the house Mm. because you feel like you want to run away from yourself but you you obviously you can't um i it took me several attempts to even walk from my front door to the car i would take it in stages and see how far the next day i would get into the car and i'd probably say it took me probably about seven times before i actually got to say like a shopping center to go in and buy food now with panic attacks they feel as though like you got you can't breathe you feel like it's something a, a real bad illness you know that that you you've got and you tar- you tend to panic on top of mm. panic now one thing i was always told is once you have a panic attack it can go up so far and then when it hits the point it comes back down the other side so in your head you try and visualize that it will get better it's just got to come up to the peak yeah but it's still scary because you're looking around at people thinking Mm. oh my god i want to tell you this but i can't tell you this because you wouldn't understand yeah what about you jack have you yeah i've had a few to be honest with you um uh, one of them was i woke up um in bed with a nosebleed and i was in my boxers and i literally ran into the bathroom because I was worried, why have I got a nosebleed? Why is it, mm. you know, obviously with the, the anxiety, I'm trying to work out why something's happening, not just dealing with it, you know, overthinking. Um, I, I started feeling really, really lightheaded and almost like I was just going to collapse and die there and, you know, right there on the spot. Um, now, it's a horrible feeling. It really is. It's, you know, pins and needles in your in your hands, in your feet. Um, and you know, you could be walking somewhere and you just literally black out and you'll fall on the floor, you know, and it'll take, it's almost like your brain's rebooting itself, um, to wake you up and, you know, and try and start the process again. Um, but yeah, I've had some really horrible ones, even where I've smacked my head into a door where I've, where I've fainted. Um, and it, uh, yeah, it feels like someone's got their hands over your throat, you know, whilst you're trying to, trying to breathe. Mm-hmm. And it feels like your throat's closed up on you and you you know it's it's horrible it really is i think mm. going to have like courses at cbt as well they help you with you know understanding more and trying to change your mindset um like to bring you back down to earth as it were they try to yeah. do different techniques with you which you know are very helpful but when you're really in that throw of a panic attack it's very hard to change your thoughts on on that moment because your fear and flight is there like mm. any ancestor before us that would have been normal class is normal but now it you know we're meant to just you know hide from it you know sort of thing and and you do feel embarrassed you know yeah uh, but there shouldn't be anything to feel embarrassed about because 
at the end of the day we're all human and we're all trying to get on in the world and I, I think it's sad you know I really do yeah so the next three questions kind of linked together yeah. so what sort of things could help you where would you get help and why do you get help it's pretty much the counselling isn't it yeah obviously um you know go to your gp talk about it open up you know maybe even talk to a friend or or a family member first if it makes you feel more comfortable um you know it doesn't always mean that you are suffering from it it just might be you're going through a bad patch and, and you know things will get better um but speaking to a gp a family friend is definitely my first sort of advice and and you know just say you know i'm feeling a little bit down you know things are not sort of looking up at the moment um and, and you know find ways to sort of take your mind off it um and obviously the reason why you'd get help is is because if you don't you mm. know things could spiral out um out of control and you'll wish that you did um and it also means that you know people around you can understand what you're going through and you know you'll get more support yeah. You know, from I mean there friends. are groups as well on Facebook, you know, if you were to tap it in you will see a group that deal with those sort of issues and what have you and I think they can be helpful because then you can see other people experiencing the same thing. Mm. And it kind of like makes you not feel as so alone with it when I just felt so like so alone, you know, I didn't want people to see me, I would try, you know, different techniques by wearing my sunglasses to walk to school so no one could look at my eyes, they couldn't read me, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I almost wanted to have it tattooed on my forehead so that everybody knew that I was su suffering so they wouldn't, like, you know, bring me down and say, you know, oh, what's the matter with you? Because if someone says, oh, I'm feeling down, they say, oh, yeah, well, I was down yesterday. Not the same not the same you know that's the bit where it, i say when people have suffered with depression they know exactly what i'm saying right now whereas someone who hasn't they've got to understand it from someone telling them and they don't quite get it yeah yeah that's a bit like me fortunately i don't really understand no. what you're no. going through no. and it is hard for us yeah. to explain it to you yeah when we have got it all inside us and we we're trying to explain it but we're not really do you know what I mean? It's it is hard, mm, really hard. Definitely, yeah. So next one was about talking about it and understanding, but I think we pretty much yeah. summed that up. So now I'm going to pass you over to Jack because he's got some funny news. I yeah. So obviously, <laughs> you know, taking the the emotion and everything out of it, um, and you know, just I found a couple of headlines um, for from last week and this week's news that we can have a little talk yeah. about and a and a laugh about. Um, and why you think it, they've done this, for example. <laughs> so the first one here I've got here is uh, cabin crew in China have been advised yeah. to wear nappies. So, <laughs> it, so that is the headline. Now, it says flight attendants in China have been advised to wear nappies to reduce their chances of catching COVID. Really? <laughs> the Civil Aviation Administration of China suggests that the cabin crew wear disposable nappies and avoid using lavatories, barring special circumstances, to avoid infection. Mm. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, you're telling us to wear masks, you're telling us to protect our, you know, hands, face, space, 
but it's not saying hands, face, space, ass. No, it's not. <laughs> so why, 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 why we got to wear? Why, why are they wearing nappies? Then? Oh, I don't know. I just feel as though it's like belittling us a little bit. Yeah. By, by suggesting such a thing. Yeah. I just, you know, some of the stuff that comes out of of China's news reports are sometimes really disturbing. Yeah. Um, but this one, you know. You know, it says here that studies have found that the toilets are among the dirtiest places in aeroplanes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, why are they? They're only used short, you know, you know, mm. on flights. Mm. You're telling me that the toilets in town centre are not worse than the ones on well, a plane. You'd think so, wouldn't you? You'd think they'd be cleaned, you know, each flight. Well, I would yeah. have thought they would have been cleaned, so... to be honest, because as soon as you get off your flight... The cleaners come on, so I can't. I don't yeah. understand why yeah. that's. Where, kind of where in hell, you know, does a diaper or a nappy, a nappy. in our uh, terms? But how, how does that? I just don't understand. No, I don't where get that. Where their logic but then is coming again, from. Then again, I mean, everyone, like I said last week, you know, everyone was told, oh, it was because of late, you know, someone at a back, you know, and I didn't believe it then. So no. some stuff you have to siphon through. Yeah. yeah, this one, again, you know, it says here, um, a policeman, um, not so sweet, who, who scanned a barcode for carrots, which were worth 7p, to purchase a £9.95 box of Krispy Kreme donuts. And he has been sacked for gross <laughs> misconduct. And although Constable Simon read that the disciplinary panel, that he'd made an honest mistake at the South Service checkout at Tesco Extra in Cambridgeshire, now, he he has since been uh, receiving prank calls offering him donuts. Um, you know, if you if you could do it and get away with it, why not? Well, do you know what I mean? Everyone will have a go, wouldn't they? You know, but obviously, you know, person... I mean, really, if if it came up at that price for that product, surely it's their fault. The shop's fault for the way it's. No, no, no. So no. So what he's saying mm. is that he. He had the Krispy Kreme donuts yeah. and some carrots. Oh, well, he only... But he scanned the carrots. What, not the donuts? And not the donuts. And not the donuts. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, now I've got to you. Not, yeah. So we don't have to pay the £10 for the donuts. Yeah. He done it mm. on purpose. Well, that says a lot for a policeman. <laughs> yeah, you know, someone who's putting rules out in place. <laughs> yeah. And then breaking them. Yeah. It's like, wow... Nice one, like thanks. You know, everyone's gonna try it. I don't think he's gonna live that one down somehow. No, it's a <laughs> no. bit of a sticky mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one, obviously, you know, most people have heard, obviously, with the new Xboxes and and the PS5s mm-hmm. coming out, and they're yeah. being very difficult to get a hold of. Now, mm-hmm. <clears throat> a customer here is is uh part of a complaint in mm-hmm. um. And uh, unfortunately, it was to Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it says it was really sorry after the customer who had pre-ordered the new PlayStation Five actually received deliveries of cat food, a grill, <laughs> and a foot massage. Okay. Um, and the punters have resorted to social media to express their disappointment at the mistaken deliveries. <laughs> so obviously, at the moment, you know there's. Mm. You've got to look at it in a way of everybody's at home and ordering stuff all the time. You know, uh, there's going to be one person that's going to get the wrong thing. It's going to get switched (laughs) up. But I mean, like, if if I said to you, you know, 
happy birthday, here's your iPhone in this box and everything. I hand it over to you and you open up a bloody... Calculator. <laughs> calculator, <laughs> a, a pen set, you yeah. know, a couple I'll of bottles bit, of water. Like, really? <laughs> you just see, I guess obviously it's just, again, one of those things and, and unfortunate, but it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a funny coincidence. Yeah. Maybe not so much for the person who's probably just forked <laughs> out. That time for this delivery. Yeah, yeah. 450 quid's worth. Of, yeah, that's uh, what I got. And a foot massage, <laughs> yeah. like, wow. But yeah, that, that those are the three uh, ones that sort of, you know, stood out for me. Yeah. I just, mm. I can't get over the fact that, you know, wearing a nappy <laughs> is going to reduce the <laughs> chances of catching covid it would look funny would you have to go yeah. around with your butt up in the air then no, no. <laughs> no? definitely an odd one yeah right so then to end it off i'm just going to ask you a couple of questions yes, so what have you been up to since the last podcast uh not a lot really i mean we are in the process of moving so we're packing mm. dramatically yeah. um and just general housework, like you know, you know, everyone else's, um, you know, listening to music, taking the dogs out when it was a lovely weekend, <laughs> and um, yeah. you know, just keeping yourself occupied, really. That's all. Trying to keep yourself busy. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. I'm pretty much done the same, to be honest. Yeah. Been watching a bit of TV. Watching films and relaxing, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what's your song of the week then, Jack? Um, it's Watch Your Step by Disclosure um, and Kelly's. It's um, a song that came out a little while ago, but, you know, yeah. I don't know if everyone else has the same thing, but, you know, when you forget about a song and then you hear it again and you mm. remember why you listened to it in the first place and, you know, I've been listening to it again mm. and I think, you know, with what we've been going through, a little bit of funky music funky can music. sort of cheer you up a little. Yeah, definitely. Mine's Banana by Shaggy. Yeah. I do like Shaggy. Yeah. Oh. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. <laughs> what about you, Jo? Um, well, I'm not really sort of up to date with my music like you two are, but I did like the song Because of You by Neil. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. I used to listen to that quite a lot. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's one you grew up with, really, isn't it? That sort yeah. of yeah. I mean, I, when when it when he was on the mask on the telly, mm. you oh, know, yeah. and you said, "Oh, that's him, Mum, the one that you keep singing to." I didn't realise. No. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I like the song. I do like the song. Yeah. Have you learned anything new since last time? <laughs> Not. Not really. Not no. no. Unfortunately, you know, we've we've been off work as well for for this week. Um, because I'm on my little week holiday. Um, yeah. I didn't want to learn anything. I wanted to sit down and do bugger all, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I've Same learned room. how to pronounce words. Yes. Yeah. Which will be in the next podcast yes. with my uh, dyslexia. Yeah. So that'll be good. I'd be uh, keen to hear about that. Yep. And what grinds your gears? Ooh, what grinds my gears this week? <laughs> I think you'll have to... I'm going to have to say Piers Morgan. I find that he is, he is good at interviewing. I can't take that away from him. But when he's on the telly in the morning and he's talking to whoever, he tends to interrupt before they've even had a chance to finish their sentence. And it can get quite frustrating because it seems like 
he wants to hear his own voice all the time um you know and that's been getting to me this week really yeah what about you jack um it's in shops at the moment um when you're at a till and you've got three items and someone's got you know a whole trolley's worth of shopping yeah and you're standing behind them and you don't want to be that person who says can i go in front please you know and almost make a, a scene of it but you want you sort of place yourself in a position in which um you know they can see you yeah um <laughs> in the hope in the uh, hope so, that they'll say, "Do you want to go through?" And then, then and then you act like you act in the way of, "Oh, thank you." You know, you know, you know. When really you want to say, "Yeah, open your eyes." You <laughs> yeah. know, I've been yeah. here for the last thirty I think seconds. Most, I think most people, if they do see someone with, I don't know, milk and bread, and you've got a whole big shop, I think most people will turn around and say, "Do you want to go in front of me?" Because I see you haven't got a lot, so you know. But you do get the odd one. I yeah. Must admit. Anything for you? Uh, not, not really. No, to be honest. Nothing's annoyed you nothing, this week. Nothing, to be honest. No, nothing. No, I haven't annoyed you. <laughs> uh, sometimes. Yeah. No, no, no. Actually, cut that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much it, isn't it, for this okay. podcast? So, thank you for listening. Don't forget to tune in to the next podcast about dyslexia and hearing. Which we will be joined by um, Zoe's friend, um, Becky which um, we're, we're going to be talking about um, her hearing loss and yeah. way she combats it. Um, and also we're going to be talking obviously about sort of disability and, you know, like you said, your dyslexia. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Mm, Hopefully it'll brilliant. be a good thing to talk about. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And, uh, it'll help me to understand more because, yeah, definitely. you know, like, I think you should all learn. Yeah. But again, thank Great. you for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you.